1: Thank you for joining us. God loves his children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, he deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from him to do things our way rather than turn to him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, his love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us, and he is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander
2: speaks to us. I pray that you have the people's minds not to wonder, that they stay focused, that they be predetermined to set their minds on spiritual things, to uh, grasp, engage, glean, grow, grow. From your word. I pray that people will silence the cell phones so even that won't be an interruption. Oh God, we need a word from the Lord. Empower me, anoint me, equip me, use me like only you can do in Jesus' name. And all God's children said. Turn to Jonah chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and you'll see uh, the words that we'll be sharing. From the sacred pages of Holy Scripture, Jonah chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and the word of God reads, Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach uh, the theme, the subject, the renegade prophet who faced a great storm. The renegade prophet who faced a great storm. Look at verse 13, if you will. The scripture says, nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Verse 13 can be entitled, rowing hard, but getting nowhere. Rowing hard, but getting nowhere. In the midst of this storm, they were, they were rowing and rowing. But they wouldn't get anywhere, and such is the case in many saints. Uh, Why do some Christians think they can succeed without God, but get nowhere? That thought is in that verse. Why do some Christians think they can succeed without God, but get nowhere? The the Mariners, they were roaring and roaring and roaring. They were trying and they were trying and they were trying. And at the end of the day, they were still in the same place. They hadn't gone anywhere. They haven't gone they had not gone east, west, north, or south. They was just where they started. Why do some Christians think they can succeed without God but get nowhere? Number one? a. Eh? Because they do not allow Jesus to be the object of their faith. Because they do not allow Jesus to be the object of their faith. Beloved, Jesus Christ alone saves. Jesus Christ alone is our only blessed hope. Jesus Christ alone should be the object of our faith because he is the only way to heaven. There are not many ways into the kingdom of God. Therefore, Jesus should be the object of our faith. He is our only blessed assurance. Therefore, Jesus should be the object of our faith. Christ is the only one who satisfies Therefore, Jesus should be the object of our faith. Jesus is the the one and only sacrificial lamb to atone the sins of humanity. Therefore, he alone should be the object of our faith. We are who we are today because of the grace of God and Jesus Christ alone. This is why Jesus should be and must be the object of our faith. Hebrews twelve two says, "Looking unto Jesus." It didn't say anything anyone else. It didn't say the things of this world. It didn't say all the stuff and the glitter. Matter of fact, everything that glitters is not gold anyway. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, says Hebrews twelve two. Many trust in their skill sets instead of Jesus. They've been well-trained. They've been well-educated. Like that young lady came up for prayer. Some people are so educated that they don't even think they need God. And they they depend on their skill sets. They, They depend on their human intellect, They they depend on relationships, and their lives are so ingrown and wrapped around relationships of people that I declare today that there are people, even Christians, who are closer to other people than they are the the God who saved them. Uh, Looking unto Jesus and not your family name. Doesn't matter what your name is, you better make sure you're in Christ. And your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It is not about your wealth. You can't buy your way in the kingdom. It is not about power. It is not about influence. It is not about your accomplishments, however good they may be. Uh, uh, but we must focus on Jesus Christ who is our great provider. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 12 says, Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. Who give riches? Who give eyeglasses? Who put your clothes on? Who gives you water? Who even gave you the dog or the cat or whatever you have? It all it all comes from God. You say, I earned this. Without God, you didn't earn it. You, you couldn't do nothing. Both riches and honor comes from you. And you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand, it is to make great and to give great, to give strength to all. Some Christians think they can succeed without God is because they fail to look at Jesus as being the object of their faith. And when they get their eyes off of Jesus, they begin to regress and not progress as God would have them to do because they are not keeping their eyes on him. B, people don't succeed because of this. They do not understand the futility of human effort. They do not understand the futility of human effort. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5b says, "...for without me you can do nothing." I think we need to just know that verse and know that verse. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Now, some of you think you all that, but I submit to you today, you're not all that. John 5.30a, I love it. It also says, I can do nothing on my own. How about that verse? I can do nothing on my own. You pass a test, it's because of Christ. You know, you can study and still not pass the test. You can pray and still not pass the test. That's right. So you need, you need to look to Christ in everything. You need Christ for, for determining what college you're going to go to, what career path you're going to take, uh, health decisions, medicines, and on and on it goes. I submit to you today, the scripture says, I can do nothing on my own. Nevertheless, let's get back to the text. Verse 13a says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. Look at that. But they could not. Now, some of y'all would run right past that because you just kind of read through the Bible. Oh, Jonah's a short book, and you think you got it when you don't got it. Look, it says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. The mariner's roaring, they were roaring, but they were getting nowhere. As a matter of fact, it was, their roaring was a mere exercise in futility. Beloved, is that you, are you trying to get to Christ and even appease him through your own human works and through your efforts? You cannot get to God through human works. You cannot get to God through human efforts, you cannot get through God through your education, your intellect, uh, your wits. The only way you can get to God is through Jesus Christ alone. They do not understand the futility, the uselessness of human effort, and so they fail. Why is it that so many Christians, they try to succeed, but they seemingly get nowhere? See? See? Some saints cannot succeed in life because they are too prideful and they possess a high view of themselves. Some saints cannot succeed in life because they are too prideful and possess a high view of themselves, which results in their living life independent of Christ to their own detriment. If you're prideful, you're going to mess yourself up. Proverbs 1618 says, Pride goes before destruction and a hearty spirit before a fall. First Peter 5 6 also says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. You have to humble yourself if you're going to be exalted, that he may exalt you in due time. Not not in your time, in in his time in due time. Why do so many Christians try and try and they can't seemingly uh, make the progress. Matter of fact, they're regressing instead of progressing. They, take, they make one step forward and three backwards. This is a very critical one. Valuing the voice of people over the voice of God will stifle your potential and cause you to get nowhere in life. Valuing the voice of people over the voice of God will stifle your potential and cause you to get nowhere in life. Acts 529 says, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. That's a big one. Psalms 1, I love Psalms 118 verse 8 also says, it is better to take refuge in Jehovah than to put confidence in man. Wow, that's big. You are destined to be disappointed. You're destined to be disillusioned. You're destined to be discouraged if you place your confidence, your hope, your trust in people. Because at the end of the day, all of us are sinners. That's right. Now, don't look at me like that. You, 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 some of you sinned today by not focusing on God. Some of you didn't pray this morning. That's sin of omission. Some of you thought a wrong thought. That's a sin we've all sinned we sin by word by by words by uh our actions we we sin by what we say so we've all sinned and so you, you if you put your faith in sinners they're going to let you down my wife can't put her faith in me she know that by now after 41 years i'm going to let her down i'm not god i i can help and i can do all i can but i can't be all things to her. Only God can do that. And likewise, husbands and and so forth and so on. And and wives, vice versa. Um, some, and sometimes people put more stock in people, regardless of what we are. Don't put your hope in me as the pastor of this church. I'm just pastor by position. Uh, don't put your don't put your hope in a deacon. Don't put your All your hope and confidence in some Sunday school teachers, they come and go, Uh, coordinators come and go, people die, people move away uh, to other states and all kinds of things, and if you put your confidence in people, when they leave, you fall to pieces. You don't don't trust people because people are fickle. They're with you today, and they can be as much against you tomorrow. People have ill motives. They lie. They are angry. I've never seen so many angry people, even in the church, not to mention the world. Uh, th- there are so many je- jealous people. You'd be surprised what jealousy does to people, even Christians, because men and women and children are deceitful uh, because we're depraved. We're depraved. We're inherently sinful. That's why we have to cry to God and confess our sins and plead the blood of Jesus over our sins. Because of human depravity. That's a doctrine that we need to examine more closely. Satan will, listen at this, Satan will target influential believers that Christians have a tendency of looking up to in order to discourage them and even cause them to leave the church when they fail. Put your confidence and your hope in Christ. Should we have a good testimony? Yes. Should we have good behavior? Yes. Should we model Christ likeness? Yes. But at the end of the day, we need Jesus just like you. And we have to pray just like you. And we have to trust God just like you. And I don't want you to look at each other for hope and assurance. I want you to look to Jesus who's going to be there when nobody else is around. Why don't y'all say amen? Amen. You say, Pastor, why are you saying this? I'm saying it because it's all tied into the text. Listen, the the Bible says in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous. In case you think you are, it says, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned in Mr. Mark. You don't put your confidence in people regardless of who they are. Because of Jeremiah 17, 9, it is a big verse. It is worth writing down. Some of you haven't focused on it in a while, and some of you perhaps never seen it before. Some of you need to rediscover the verse. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the person you thinking is all that, and you think, oh, he's so wonderful. She's so good. Oh, I got a problem. I'm going to call her. Uh, uh, something going to my family. I'm going to call her. I'm going to call him for this. I'm going to call her for this. I'm Listen, at the end of the day, you had better have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and you better not go to man first, skipping God in the process. Why do saints, they try to make it in life, but seemingly get nowhere? Many believers cannot succeed because they have a deficient prayer life. They have a deficient prayer life. First John 5, 14 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Anything according to his will now Not everything that you want according to His will. His will. And when you're praying and being led by the Holy Spirit, you won't ask something that's bizarre and crazy and selfish. Ask for things that's in the divine will of God. When you have a fervent prayer life, it will help you to know the mind of Christ. Your mind won't be secular, it won't be carnal, it'll be spiritual. When you have a fervent prayer life, you will have wisdom from Christ. Christ gives you wisdom. And that comes through prayer. When you have a fervent prayer life, you will discover the will of God for your life. Whatever season you are in now, whether you are in your teens, your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, your sixties, your eighties, God has a purpose and plan for your life as long as you have breath in your body. Don't stop living. Don't just get under a tree and just give up. I mean, don't get in some old man, old woman rocking chair and rock your life away. God made you with purpose. You have value. And when you stop living, actually, you die sooner. You get sicker. Your mind becomes inactive. Everything starts happening because you stop living to the glory of God. If one is to be productive in life and the kingdom of God, they must have a consistent prayer life. Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two also says, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, that's the key, believing, some people pray, but they don't believe what they pray. Believing, you will receive, especially when it's according to the scripture and the spirit of God. Next point, many cannot succeed in life. Because they cannot get rid of unnecessary weight in their lives. They cannot get rid of unnecessary weight in their lives. I'm not talking about pounds. Now, that could be a problem, too. I think all of us can, you know, a a, a little few of y'all, but all of us can stand to shed some pounds. So I'm not talking about, you know, reduction, I need to lose 20 pounds or that. I'm not talking about that kind of weight. I'm talking about, Another kind of of weight here that we need to consider many cannot su- succeed in life because they cannot get rid of unnecessary weight in their lives. Jonah one five says then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God. And look, well, here it is right here in the text. And threw the cargo, valuable cargo. They, they didn't want to throw that cargo overboard. They were, they were put in a position where they had to. They threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea. The car, Valuable goods thrown into the sea by the, by the crew to lighten the load. And the reason some of you all can't succeed in life is because you haven't lightened the load with the help of Almighty God. The inability to strip ourselves of unnecessary weight, such as fear, greed. Greed will make you cuss somebody out, be mad at somebody, kill somebody. It's all about money. It's about the insurance. It's about who's going to get what with mom and daddy dying and on and on it goes. Uh, the, the weight of bitterness. The weight of regret, some, some things in all of our past, we all have regrets in our lives. There's always something we could have done differently if we could relive the past, but you can't go back and get it, and God doesn't want you to live a life of regret. He wants you to just repent and move forward, press on. The weight of unforgiveness, the weight of anger, uh, the weight of negativity, the weight of a controlling spirit. The weight of selfishness, the weight of drugs. So many people have uh, legalized drugs, and they just can't do without it, and, and illegal drugs as well. So many people are just indulging themselves in just so much alcohol. It's becoming all-consuming. You're losing brain cells. You're affecting uh, your liver, and you're, it's destroying your relationship and your home. Some of you is gambling. You know, I was out of town at a family reunion this weekend, and, um, there's a lot of gambling going on around Shreveport and all through there. And they said, if you got a gambling problem, call us. Yeah. And, um, I tell you what, I don't win and I don't lose because I don't play that way when it comes with the Lord's money. Now, some people say, well, I just play up to $30 or $50 and then I'm done. I tell you, it's dangerous to start there because once you start, you just, and, and Satan let you win a little bit to think you're going to get some more. You know who always win in gambling? It's the government. They always get their portion all the time. Amen. <laughs> uh, gambling is a serious addiction. You can gamble from the from the comforts of your home. People gamble. Vegas is all about the odds uh, and the game, uh, the gaming industry, all that stuff. Uh, The weight of sexual immorality, a lifestyle of sexual sins, uh, uh, having sex out of wedlock, flirting, and and uh, even engaging in adulterous relationship with someone you are not married to. All this will keep you from finishing well in life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1b also says, let us lay aside every weight. Underline that. Now, that is key. Every Leave one of them? No. Every. Say every. Every weight. Underline that. Everything that's holding you back. Everything that's a drag on your faith, you need to lay it aside if you want to see God work miraculously through you. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. If we want to finish well in the race, you got to unload the weight. You never see anybody running a race with overcoat on and boots They get as light as they can. They, they strip down to the, to bare essentials, just, uh, that's presentable, so that they won't hinder their speed. And when they run at a race, they're not saying, hi, mom. They're not doing that either, because they're gonna lose the race. They, they got to, they got to strain. They got to keep their eyes on the finish line. They gotta, and then they got to stay in their lane. Gotta stay in their lane. Say, stay in your lane. You know, so many churches can't make progress because you got so many saints getting out of their lane. They're doing things they shouldn't be doing. There are many saints around. I'm talking about the church at large now, just, just Mar- not just Maranatha, but Maranatha's included. They can have meetings that have not been authorized. They can take matters into their own hand. They begin to do things and not ask for permission. And when you begin to do that, It gives you a license to do a little bit more instead of having a submissive, humble spirit to the glory of God. The kingdom of God is advanced through humility, through servanthood, through giving up the weights. Beloved, as you run the race that is set before you, refuse to allow your weight to become a hindrance to your faith.
1: The greatest gift anyone could ever receive has already been given. Jesus paid the price in full. He loves us so much that he desires a personal relationship with all who surrender all to him. We have direct access to our Lord and Savior through the indwelling Holy Spirit. We owe him everything, yet the gift of salvation is free. Don't waste one more second. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity